Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Oh, not low energy, Brian Schulmeister. Welcome back, Brian. Well, I mean, that's a bit much, but uh, I did wake up... <laughs> I did wake up exceptionally early this morning. It's a busy day over here. So I got up at like 530, made myself a pot of coffee. Well, you and I run very different schedules. My 530 is the equivalent of you waking up at like one in the morning. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, I got up super early, made a cup of coffee, got out the door and did a bike ride and came back before anybody else in the house had woken up. So I had some time alone. I've had some exercise. I'm uh, feeling a bit more uh, normal than I normally am when I roll straight from bed to the recording platform here. You should try this every day. We'll see how I feel later on. I do like my alone time at night. (laughs) I prefer my alone time with a glass of wine than a bike. (laughs) Yeah, man, it's it's unprecedented times. That's true. You got to do. (laughs) You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of unprecedented times, a little bit of follow up here. We've got some bad news. Not not unexpected (laughs) bad news, but bad news nevertheless. Uh, Scientists say tests have showed a man returning from Spain in August had a different strain of the coronavirus than the one he'd previously been infected with in March. So, uh, yeah, you can get it twice. The gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) We kind of knew this was true, but this is the first somewhat proven case. Uh, I say somewhat proven because it was the University of Hong Kong. So people are going to say, those damn Chinese, but it was the University of Hong Kong people. It's okay. It's, These people know not what they're really, doing. It's not really China. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is this is pretty straightforward. And uh, uh, some people are saying this is actually a good thing because the case so far, uh, he had mild symptoms the first time and his recent infection, he has had none. He just has it again, but no actual symptoms. Um, Super spreader. This is, this is just one case. So we don't know. But yes, that, yes. that is the big problem, right? Uh, the big problem yep. is you can get infected again and then, uh, then infect people again. So uh, mass social distancing, all that sort of stuff is here to stay. Well, not that it's ever been here in the United States at all, (laughs) but if we were doing things correctly, yes, this is going to be a long haul until there is a proven vaccine. Oh, and people actually take it. Another problem here in the U.S. Yes, yes. I was listening to... Oh, what the hell was it? Oh, I was actually listening to Sean Penn on uh, uh, <laughs> Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert. Because I, I like Sean Penn. I'm sorry. I do like him. I like Spicoli. Uh, uh, he he had a really good line in there that uh, he was talking about anti-vaxxers, and mm-hmm. he called it uh, the religion of the selfish. And yeah. I thought that really summed it up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. Well, there's, there is something that uh, may make all of this moot. Uh, NASA has reported that an asteroid is headed towards Earth one day before the November election. Yeah, come on. This is just <laughs> this is just fucking baiting. <laughs> it's a fridge-sized asteroid. It has a slim chance of entering the Earth's atmosphere on November 2nd, uh, one day before the election, of course. Uh, it is 2018 VP1, and it's pretty tiny. It has a 0.41% likelihood of entering Earth's atmosphere, and it will probably burn up even if it does. But, uh, I mean, come on. First off, the best part of this story may, may be the author's name, which is Blake Dodge. <laughs> can't beat that and of course everybody remembers the giant meteor 2020 uh election signs and shirts and merchandise that yeah. got very popular so it's very funny it is funny it is funny but even if it hits us it ain't gonna hit us no nah. so. kind of wish it would at this point <laughs> well i'd like my hour back trying to explain to my roommate how asteroids and meteors and all that shit work he's like why don't we just nuke it i'm like you don't watch tv do you i should send my uh, four-year-old son over to explain it because he is like totally rain man about space right now he can totally all right. explain all that stuff i'd appreciate <laughs> it please do uh, and a good article over on Engadget that kind of uh, brings us up to speed on the Uber and Lyft California drama about employees. And uh, it's it's uh, the, the article's really good. It just it recounts everything that's happened so far and basically says the truth is both Uber and Lyft had the time to fix this and figure out how to make it work if they had wanted to. Instead, they have chosen to fight it and put all their money towards legal things instead of actually giving it to the employees and could have made everything work just fine. I wonder who said that that was going to happen. Oh, wait, it was us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. 
Yes. Yeah. No surprise there. No yeah. surprise there. And it says at the end, as we've been saying all along, if their business model is entirely contingent upon not paying minimum wage, overtime, providing required meals and rest breaks, reimbursements for expose expenses, etc., it's predict is predicated on wage theft and they can't turn a profit by treating their staff as employees, then that's their problem. It's on them to figure it out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Sing it from the mountaintops, that's, my brother. Yep. So we've been talking about Spotify and how, how we have one listener who turned out to be more than one, <laughs> greater than one. <laughs> I think we've got people, a good baker's dozen right now. Yeah. And people keep asking me why I use Overcast. And there's a feature in Overcast that I, I forgot to talk about when, when replying to these people. It's called Smart Speed. It's a thing that Marco Arment baked into Overcast, and it compresses the silence in between people talking like... This. So if you listen to that on Overcast, it would sound like a coherent sentence. But since you didn't, probably, it's going to sound like me pausing for a long time. Well, uh, Smart Speed is, like I said, baked into Overcast. And they have a stat on there that you can see how much smart, how much time Smart Speed has saved you over the listening uh, lifetime of your account. And for me, Spart smart, Spartan, smart Speed has saved me an extra 626 hours beyond speed adjustments alone. 626 hours is not an insignificant amount of my life. You must I'm listen glad to, to a lot back. of podcasts where people don't speak properly. Uh, apparently. <laughs> Apparently, yes, I do. So, and, uh, and and for the sake of science, I did a test over the weekend to try and make Spotify my de facto podcast playing app. Oh, just shoot me in the face with a duck. I, I, I don't know why I said a duck. I was thinking of the Mythbusters, I guess. Uh, but my God, what a horrible user experience. And I don't. I don't even like Spotify for music, to be honest. Oh, I, I don't no. enjoy the way that I, I. You know, you have to make playlists and blah, blah blah. And half the time they don't work with a lady on the tube. It's 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 kind of a wretched experience all around. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying that since day one on this show. I'm just mm -hmm. like, how do people use this thing? And it's gotten. And here's the funny part: it's gotten much better since I started complaining about it, and it's still a dumpster fire. Yeah. I think they hired all the people from Hulu's UX design team to go work <laughs> at Spotify because, my God, it's terrible. Yeah, you and, know, the millennials and Gen Z they just uh, they they enjoy hunting for features. Oh God, shoot! They, me in they the don't face want again. they don't want an actual user interface that lets you do what you want to do. Yeah, look, just look at Snap. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Look at Snap. And yeah, it's a terrible user interface. And the thing about it that a lot of people are, you have been talking to us about, they're like, oh, but don't you want to be on this great discovery platform where people are going to, you know, more people are going to see your show? Well, here's the thing about podcasts and podcast math. If you listen to us on a regular podcast player, our episodes are downloaded to your device so you can play them whenever you want. You don't need any extra bandwidth later on for streaming it. Well, Spotify is only streaming unless you click the download button for each individual episode. You cannot set it to download all of the episodes of a given show. Mm -hmm. Now, for us, that's bad news. Because people tend to get behind and not think about it and maybe don't listen to like 10 or 20 shows in a row and then come back to us and go back. Yeah. Well, we don't get credit for those episodes, even though you are a loyal listener. See, we uh, need to be like streaming. that U2 album on the iPhone. We need to appear there for exactly. you so you can't get rid of us. <laughs> right. See, that's why streaming and podcasts are bad for the actual content creators and great for the advertisers because, you know, they they get to see more metrics about who actually listens to the show, how long they listen to the show, all that crap. And uh, fuck those guys. I just want your money. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so if people are downloading the episode, I couldn't give a rat fuck if you listen to it. I just want you to download it. And that's why Spotify is bad for us. Personally, I don't care if you even listen or download it as long as you donate on Patreon. Well, you can do that, too. You can do that, too. Oh, God. So, yeah, that's my, my Spotify wrap-up. Okay. And uh, now, I, I, this, this was just funny. Last night, before I went to bed, I noticed that cocaine was trending on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I made a tweet. I made a little tweet. I saw and that. And I thought it, I thought it was a funny tweet. I, it wasn't that funny. I mean, it was just, I, you know, I, mildly amusing. I think amusing. it was more factual than funny. It was factual, and I mean, I, my last line was the funny line. You just count the blinks. But uh, the deal is, I woke up this morning, and my Twitter had exploded. 
<laughs> and I can't even go back to it right now because every time I go, I get an, there's another hundred notifications on it. Uh, so it got picked up by rawstory.com and mm-hmm. listed in their links of uh, in an article that says, was Donald Trump Jr. coked out of his mind during RNC speech? <laughs> and this is where Betteridge has failed us because the answer to this is absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and- Completely and absolutely. He blinked a total of four times in his entire speech. And as someone who is a, an ex-partaker uh, of said uh, cocaine, I can you can see it from a mile away. You can oh, yeah. see it from a there's, mile away. There's no away. doubt. Uh, you know, I have also experienced uh, the wonder powder and I've been around people <laughs> who, who made it a bit of a lifestyle. Uh, there was absolutely you know, no doubt in my mind that he was completely coked out of his mind during this entire speech. I saw a really funny tweet about it. It was like... Uh, Trump Sr. smacks Trump Jr. I said white power. (laughs) Okay, that's way better than mine. (laughs) Way better than mine. Hilarious, right? I mean, so funny. Yeah. I mean, it would be funny if it wasn't actually all happening, but, you know. (laughs) I know. I know. So the point of this was, though, it's like, wow, now I see how the other half lives. The, The people who are actually, you know, popular on Twitter. It's like, you can't keep up with that shit. I think at at the right now when we're recording, let's just pull it up real quick so I can see what the actual stats are. And the downside is I've only gotten uh, 160 new followers out of this whole thing. But my tweet has 10.6 thousand likes, 2.5 thousand retweets and 232 comments. Now, for me, that's like exceptional. I've never had tweets like that. Best numbers ever. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought it was funny. And a lot of people had never heard uh, heard of Donald Trump Jr. referred to as Carrot Jr., I found out, because a lot of people <laughs> really enjoyed that one. But uh, so there you go. Yeah. Well yeah, done, I just, Jason. I just clicked on that. I just, I was, it was funny because I, I've never experienced what it's like. Because like my friend Kevin Rose has a million followers and you can't even talk to him on – it doesn't matter. Nobody nobody with over like you know twenty or 30,000 <laughs> followers even looks at their – comments no, yeah. or retweets. You can't. It's like, you can't. It, yeah. it becomes useless as a, as a discussion platform at that point. Completely useless. Completely useless. And speaking of discussion, Brian, I wanted to have a quick discussion with you about technology. Isn't now, that what we do for a couple hours twice a week? It kind of is. And, <laughs> you know, we shit on it. That's what we do. That's our job. Mm-hmm. Our raison d'etre is to shit on technology. Now, I'm, I'm going through and I'm thinking, man, it's just... I'm, Looking at the news this week, there's, it's a shit show, like normal, but it was a boring shit show. You know, nothing really great was standing out this week. And I thought to myself, remember when you and I were coming up, you know, in the 90s and the 80s even in some point, and we always looked forward to the new technology. We're like, mm-hmm. what's what's coming around the corner? What's going to be cool? You know, what's the next cool thing coming around the corner? When was the last time you were excited about a piece of technology that you were actually looking forward to it? The iPad. The iPad. Mm -hmm. You know how long ago the fucking iPad was? Long time. Yep. (laughs) Long time ago. Now what do you think of your iPad? I I love it. I use it every I use it daily. Yes. It's it's become part of my daily routine, my part of my everyday life. It's I I I I thoroughly don't think I could live without it now. Yeah, I'm with you. I have two of them and I I love them. But Mm -hmm. uh I mean I, I think the Apple Watch for me was the one that I was looking forward to the last and everybody's gonna oh you're just a bunch of apple fanboys well nobody else is making anything cool oh yeah um, i mean the tablet in general i mean i say the ipad because they were first um you know if, if it would have been microsoft with their with their tablet i would have been excited about that one yeah i i saw the first microsoft tablet and it was a garbage dumpster fire but it did have ports they're really good I'll now though apparently the surfaces are supposed to be amazing I know, I know. I just, I was thinking about the Surface Pro. Yeah, the (laughs) Surface Pro looked pretty good, but the price is pretty high. That new, that new, uh, uh, do like bobble thing that they've got. I don't even know what it is. I don't know if it's a phone or a tablet. Was it the Duo (laughs) with the two screens and the hinge and everything? Mm -hmm. I've heard nothing but good stuff about that, too. That looks kind of cool, but you know, I'm I'm I got, I'm dipping my toe in the Windows world. I'm not ready to dive in headlong yet. But working on <laughs> like my, I, my, I tell you, this is my last Mac. I'm going back to PC after this. I'm I've been enjoying working on my because I've got that gaming PC, that Gamers Republic PC, which is basically an Asus. Uh, but I've been I've got that set up as my multimedia machine now, and it's great. Yeah. It actually works, and it's fast. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the thing. It's just like, you know, nowadays it's like all I hear about is like, okay, here comes the next phone. 
I don't care. Well, I look, really look. couldn't give a fuck about a phone. This is the thing is we've been discussing this for quite some time and we discussed about how, you know, the, the days of the wild, wild webs when it was exciting and now everything is so generic because it has to work for everyone and it has to be this and it has to be that. And, uh, you know, the same thing has happened with the actual physical products with hardware. Um, you know, when we started up and when it was exciting, these were scrappy little companies. Apple is the largest company in the fucking world now. I know who to thunk so, it. So you know we're we're in big business here. Tech is big business, and and you know companies are getting kicked out of of the fucking stock exchange and being replaced with technology company. Blue chip you know companies are being kicked out and being replaced by technology companies. It's not surprising that we aren't excited about this stuff anymore because it's ubiquitous and nobody is taking chances. Everybody is just releasing shareholder value. Let's do what works. Let's bring out things. And, and there really just isn't anything terribly exciting anymore. Nothing it's just groundbreaking. Commodity bullshit. Yeah. Commodity bullshit is what it is. And I have to say the one thing that I, I was wrong about so far was that damn Oculus. That's the yeah, only you seem thing. To be loving it. So it's cool, but man. Think of, but really also fun. think about that. It's, it, these things aren't new either. We've been talking yeah, about them for new. four or five years. It's just they're finally getting decent enough to be able to use. Yeah. I mean, once this thing came out and it was standalone and you didn't have to like tether it, that was mm -hmm. the thing that got me excited. And I, I put it put it on and I'm like, yeah, it's not like, you know, super duper high res. You can't run the greatest games on it like you could run on a PC, but it works. It's passable. You know, yep. it's passable entertainment. I mean, shit, man. We grew up on the goddamn Nintendo. You know, eight bit. I grew up on eight bit. I can, I can. My brain can can readjust and go back to lower res graphics. I don't need you know super duper eight K just to play a game. Yep. Especially when all I'm doing is whacking like you know notes with a sword. It's yeah. like that's the fun part. It's like it's kind of cool, but it's like yeah, we shit on it for years, and it's finally coming to fruition. That you know the thing that we wanted, AR. I I don't know where AR is. That's the one thing we really wanted, and that is just kind of left the building at this point. Yeah, there's not really much going on with AR unless you want to like uh, uh, check out paint colors in your room. That stuff is pretty cool. You know, yeah, you that's get, that's cool. you can get those apps that like you, where you take the pictures of your room and then you can do paint colors or move furniture around and stuff like that. But that's really the only we haven't seen too much in the terms of real world AR applications. Uh, you know, there, there's the star stuff because I've been using that with my son recently. Where you also can came out when the iPad came out. Yeah, you know, all that stuff new. has been around for a long yeah. time already. So yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Is there anything new that's on the horizon that is really like got you jazzed up? And I can't think of a damn thing. Nope, not one for me either, to be honest. Right. So I guess we're just gonna stay grumpy and say fuck Uber. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Talk about Uber every week on. We can, can rebrand our people? podcast, and then we'll get a whole bunch of new listeners because the only way to get people to see your show these days, if you've been running for a long time, is to basically pretend you have created a brand new show. Trust me, man. I thought about it. I've been on the phone for the past five days trying to get advertisers, trying to do cross-promotion deals. That's why I appreciate you putting all the, the notes in the show today because I have been on the like pounding the pavement <laughs> trying to get us out there because like my, my work is dried up. I've got like no clients right now. Everybody's on hiatus and everybody's prepaid, so I'm going to be working my way out of debt for the next three months. So it's like we got to make this show work, and it's like it's all I've been doing. So I'm like, hey, man, maybe we just need to... You know, maybe we'll we'll change we'll change the name to you know Reply BCC. <laughs> Speaking CC of I, all, yeah, CC all. I did listen to an episode of that show, Reply All, and I don't know why people like that show. It is a it's garbage. Man, every it. time you shit on this show, people oh. shit on us because people do hey, love it, that show. <laughs> I you know what? Hey, if they're shitting on us, that at least means they're listening. So thank you, everybody who's still listening. Let's get to some news. All right. From when I put this article in the news, uh, it was TikTok will sue over the U.S. over the threatened ban uh, is now is suing. So they have uh, filed their suit and uh, they are suing the Trump administration over the executive order banning transactions with parent company ByteDance. So it has been done. Uh, TikTok spokesperson said the company made a good faith effort to find a solution, but that the administration had instead ignored facts and tried to insert itself into discussions between private companies. It had no choice but to turn to the courts to challenge the order and guarantee that both the firm and users are treated fairly, according to the representative. Now, 
I am very curious about how a lawsuit against an executive order will pan out. Uh, many people ah. were wondering <laughs> how legal the executive order was anyways. So this will be super interesting. Uh, the other big story that came out about this, which I didn't put in the show notes because, I mean, I don't know why, because I had put enough stuff in already and I was fucking tired, uh, was that uh, apparently this whole thing came out of Zuckerberg's mouth. He whispered into the administration's ear because he didn't like TikTok and the, comp the competition, and he sowed the seeds of discord that have now caused this whole situation. See, I originally thought that it was because they fucked up Trump's uh, rally down south. And, I like, think it know, started even before that. That just yeah. piled on. Yeah. The thing, about, the thing about TikTok filing suit is it takes it out of the hands of the executive branch now. In and theory. Now it goes, in theory. <laughs> but it goes to the Department of, Department of Justice now where there are actual procedures and rules that have to be followed so yep. it takes you know takes the asinine order out of the hands of the carrot and puts it into the department of justice which is you know where it should have been anyways but it's also run by william burr so what yeah, are you gonna do the there so. it's been politicized there too but here's the deal all they have to do is hang out for a few months and hopefully we can get a sane resolution to all this but uh or giant meteor or a giant well, <laughs> Six feet tall. Come on. <laughs> it's like if somebody threw Pendulette at the earth and said, here, have at it. You know, it doesn't really. It's the same size as Pendulette. That's old, the size of the meteor. Old pen or new pen? Old pen. This okay. is old pen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. And more Facebook news. Uh, Facebook is reportedly wargaming for contingencies for Trump if he meddles with the election results. So Facebook employees are laying out contingency plans and walking through post-election scenarios that include attempts by Mr. Trump or his campaign to use the platform to delegitimize the results. I would like to point out to Facebook that he is already using Facebook to delegitimize de de future results. So yeah, we'll how about to you start party doing there. something now? <laughs> yeah, come so, on, guys. So, yeah, they are um, actively speaking with elective election officials about the potential misinformation around election results as an emerging threat. Uh, the Post does not mention the president specifically, but noted that a prolonged ballot process has the potential to be exploited in order to sow distrust in the election outcome, and they will be relying on voting information centers to share authoritative information about election results. So they are aware of the coming election apocalypse and are trying to figure out what to do about it. Yeah, because we're not going to have we're not going to have a winner on on election nope. day. It's nope. three it's three weeks after election day is when somebody will probably be announced. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Now this one was I thought was kind of funny. Facebook is have <laughs> they have to pay France hundred and twenty five million dollars in back taxes. Coffee money. Is, uh, pocket change. It's not even yep. coffee money. It's like <laughs> you know, it, it's nothing. And I, it, it it dawned on me. I'm like I I tried my damnedest with all of the Google tools that I have at my disposal, even that cool new spreadsheet that we linked to a couple episodes ago, mm -hmm. I cannot find out how much Facebook currently pays the IRS in corporate taxes. And yeah, that's curious. So I'm curious about that too. Can't find it. If hmm. you can find it, let me know because there's nothing. There was a lawsuit that was being filed where they were supposedly ha going to have to pay $4 billion in back taxes, and that was in February. And after that that lawsuit started, there was not a peep in the news about it, period, anywhere. Hmm. So I could not find the resolution of that case because, you know, $45 billion is, you know, a hell of a lot more than $125 million. But you know, since that that probably coincided with the time where uh, the Zuck was hanging out with the carrot, uh, whispering about TikTok, and yeah. maybe he got a pass. Maybe so. You don't I show don't your know. taxes, I won't show mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on with that, but it's yeah, it's 125 million bucks. It's like okay, basically they just pulled out his wallet and it, it rolled off a few, uh, you know, yep. francs. Yep. Here you go, Here, go much. away, France. Fuck you. <laughs> so I saw on your social media a couple days back that you had uh, posted something about uh, you took your drone out and ended up in a complete no-fly zone. So that kind of yeah. sucked for you. Mm -hmm. uh, so I saw this bit of news come across, and I thought this might be interesting to you as well. The FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, is going to be evaluating several drone detection systems for airports. It will be testing at least 10 technologies and systems developed to not just detect drones, but also to mitigate the potential safety risks they pose. This isn't the first time that they've done it. It's it's probably the second or third, but this one is uh, pretty serious, and they're getting ready to, like, I guess, pick a system. 
Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. And uh, you know, there's a there's a toggle on my DJI that says you know announce or like you know announce your drone when it's when it's flying, mm-hmm. which I which I which I obviously turn on because where I'm at, like th- I'm in a really strange place in the valley where I'm right next to this big hill because I'm in Woodland Hills, right next to the hill, and yeah. so when I take my drone up. I took it up the other day to figure out where all the smoke was coming from to see if there was a local fire, but it just turned out to be all of Los Angeles was covered in smoke because of <laughs> all the fires. And um, as I was bringing it down, because I, I can only take it up to 385 feet because I'm like 15 feet above sea level, blah, blah, blah. This is high as it will go. And when it comes down, it comes down fairly slowly, which mm-hmm. I thought that that Smart. sucks. <laughs> like. <laughs> I know I wanted to come down a lot faster. If I put it in sport mode, I oh god, I flew that thing in sport mode. Um, my friend Dana and I went out to the park a couple of weeks ago, and I put it in sport mode where it goes up to sixty miles an hour. Holy shit, that's too much power for me. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had it in sport mode, it would come down a lot faster, like a brick. But as I'm bringing it down, three goddamn fire helicopters crest the hill at about two hundred feet above my house, and I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, you know. And it's like, you, there's no warning. There's no nothing. Cause you can't hear them when they're on the other side of the hill. And I'm like, oh man, what the, what, how, how do you handle that situation? <clears throat> well, so, the, the theory is that they'll build some sort of system and then there will be a button on said helicopters that they can press that will make all the drones go down. Well, or go higher. Or or higher. Just right. some kind of avoidance system is all I care about, you yep. know, cause I, the last thing in the world I want to do is hit a helicopter. Because especially the helicopters around here, because we're in the flight path for all of the fire prevention stuff. And it's like, I do not want to mess with those guys. These guys are fucking heroes. You know, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I don't want to interfere with them in any way, shape or form. So, you know, if there are drone detecting technologies that they're going to release in the airports, I'm hoping that, you know, as this thing gets more advanced, that there's going to be more features in these, you know, uh, commercial drones that I have that will help, you know, mitigate that problem. You know, some yeah. kind of detection technology. Because, like I said, the last thing I ever want to do is interfere with an with an actual aircraft with my little fucking toy, you know. <laughs> so it's uh, it's just it's it's an interesting interesting problem. Cool. Interesting problem. Now this one I loved. Researchers have just set a new record for the fastest internet speed ever: mm-hmm. one hundred and seventy eight terabits per second. That's a lot. Okay, that's a lot. Uh, that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> yep. uh, you just put up something on Dropbox for me that was like 4.7 uh, gigs, and I downloaded that in about a minute. Uh, that would have taken about a second. Uh, no, no, no. Not even you that. Could, <laughs> you could download the entire Netflix library in a second <laughs> with the speed. That was like one of the headlines. It's just like, yeah, you can just download all of Netflix in under a second. I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> so this is all like fiber optic based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, is so this the is, entire infrastructure would have to be completely rewired. No, it doesn't. Actually, well, here's the problem: the computers on the other end are not fast enough to handle that much data. Period. Right. You right. know, you, you have to have all new switches and things like that. Um, but they're using all of these different. Uh, basically, they're sculpting the different wavelengths, how the 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 way the light moves through the cables. Right. And uh, they're actually getting close to reaching the theoretical limits of fiber optics, which is really cool. <laughs> now, if we could just get that to our house, that would be even better. But yeah, oh, data caps, data caps. Yeah. Imagine, <laughs> imagine. Uh, 1.6 terahertz. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so 178 terabits per second for, even if you ran it for like a quarter, or uh, actually like, you know, let's say go two milliseconds, you would probably break all of the bandwidth caps in all of Los Angeles. <laughs> Uh, which I'm sure Spectrum would really love. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. 
angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with DeleteMe. DeleteMe scours the internet, finding and removing you and your family's personal data from hundreds of data broker websites. And they don't just do it once, they monitor your information to ensure that it stays private. I signed up and provided the specifics on what I wanted to go, and the team at DeleteMe took it from there. They keep me in the loop with regular updates, showing exactly where my info was popping up and confirming when it was removed. Seeing how dedicated they are to protecting my privacy is a relief. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now available at a special discount for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and use promo code G-O-G at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and enter code G-O-G at checkout. One more time, that's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. This episode is sponsored by Mood. 420 celebrations come in all shapes and sizes, just like the many ways to enjoy your THC. Mood offers just the right buzz with their federally legal flower, gummies, vapes, and more, helping you find the perfect high. Mood is offering our listeners a free THCA pre-roll and 20% off your first order. Just head over to hellomood.com and use our exclusive code GOG. Mood's latest introduction, the THCA Flower, is a game-changer, offering the classic cannabis high with a twist. With 10 high-inducing strains, it's their most potent lineup yet. What's even better is that all Mood products are extracted from hemp, making them federally legal, and are regularly tested to ensure the highest quality. Sourced from small family farms, you're getting a product that's effective and pesticide-free. I tried several of their products from the uplifting Energized to the Mellow Chill, and I must say, each provided a unique, enjoyable high. My favorite? Definitely the creative strain. It sparked an incredible flow of ideas and got me through my daily projects with ease. Whether you're new to THC or a seasoned aficionado, Mood has something for every vibe. Their in-house experts have tailored different strains to match specific moods, offering a range of products to suit any preference. From delectable gummies to classic flower and convenient pre-rolls, there's a multitude of ways to enjoy Mood's offerings. Celebrate 420 exactly how you want to with Mood. Get 20% off your first order plus a free THCA pre-roll at hellomood.com with promo code GOG. That's hellomood.com. Code GOG. Media Candy. So, Brian, we have a new series on HBO called mm. Lovecraft Country, which I mentioned before. And yep. you, you've, you've seen the trailer. It looks good. Yep, it does look good. And I love me some Lovecraft. So. I read the book a long time ago, and I cannot remember a damn thing about <laughs> what was in that book. Uh, but I remember it was good. I did review it on the show. I was going to go back and try and find my review so I could cut it in here, but that would take effort. Good and uh, uh, intensely racist. Uh, what do you mean? He was a very racist writer. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Lovecraft was. But this yeah. is this is uh, it is a very it's, it's all about race. Lovecraft <laughs> yes, country is, is definitely all about race. <laughs> and um, two episodes in because that's all that's out right now. Mm -hmm. And I have to say I am thoroughly fucking enjoying it okay it's good. amazing good, it's good. amazing and uh it moves at a quick quick clip that's why i'm like i'm watching this i'm like you know i remember a lot more stuff before the stuff happened in the book they're really <laughs> cooking things along here so um yeah it's it's fantastic so far so if you have a chance if you have the means i highly recommend that you acquire it i am looking uh, forward to it i, I yeah. really do want to watch it so. Yeah, no kids. Keep the kids away. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely keep the kids away. And since I was out of Lovecraft Country, my roommate and I decided we needed some feel-good stuff. So we went to the, back to the beginning, way back to the beginning, and started watching Entourage from episode one. Hmm. We're about three and a half seasons in. It is still one of the best shows ever made. It really is. <laughs> 
It is just a feel-good show, and it's just fun. <laughs> it's not feel-good at all. It's horrific. No, it's not. <sighs> did, I, I, did you watch the whole series? I can't watch anything related to the entertainment industry with those so, kind of well, characters. I, I, well, get, I get PTSD. See, I don't. And it was just, I mean, we're watching it. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's fun. There's nothing but fun in that show. Okay. Um, but it is definitely dated. It is definitely dated. We have gotten to season three where they're finally using razors, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Motorola razor phones. Yep. So, and there, there are copious uses of the R word in there as well. Don't so, I mean, I think the season, I think the season we're on is 2007, maybe 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it definitely has not aged well in some regards. That's for damn sure. But uh, it's still fun. I, I really enjoy Entourage. I'm sorry I do. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we've finally gotten a peek into Apple's first uh, bundle. We talked mm-hmm. about the bundles last week, how Apple might be coming out with these different bundles. Yep. And I uh, hat tip to Eric Hunley for sending this one over. So here's the deal. So they're going to do a CBS All Access and Showtime bundle for $9.99 a month. But you have to be an Apple TV Plus subscriber to get it. Now, well, okay, I'm getting Apple TV Plus for free for a year, right? So you I'm can currently get this paying for CBS, so it's the same cost. So I need to cancel my CBS All Access through CBS and now get it through Apple TV, right? Right, and, and then, then you'll I get, get Showtime. Showtime. <laughs> right. See, I'm already paying God, for Showtime as well. I know this is it's, it's just a fuster clock. So I am paying for CBS and I'm paying for Showtime. So it made sense to me uh, to do this. But then I'm thinking, wait a minute, I've only got one Apple TV. So this isn't going to work. Then last night I'm, I'm dicking around on my Roku and there's an Apple TV app for the Roku. Mm-hmm. So I can literally get the Apple TV app, put it on my non-Apple device and then use my non-Apple device to get to the other things that I want to pay for that I'm already paying for with just standalone apps, this is going to make my fucking head explode. I know. It's insane. They're just making it as complicated as humanly possible. It's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. It yep. is ridiculous. But, I mean, it it ends up being worth it because look at it. I mean, basically, I, I will pay what I'm paying now and get Showtime for free. Yeah, that's why I'm going to do so, it. That's I mean, the, that's the shitty part. That I have to do this because I'm going to save eleven dollars yeah. a month on Showtime. Yeah, and then I, now I have to also figure out what I've done with my Disney Plus account because I want my ESPN Plus, but somehow the subscription of for Disney Plus that I have right now doesn't have the ESPN Plus, but the other subscription does. So I have to go back in and talk to customer service and figure out how to switch that over. It's a, such a fucking pain. You know what we got to do, Brian? Yeah. Pay for buy cable. A fuck, buy a fucking book. <laughs> I know. Just get a book. Fuck I need it. To, yeah, I'm just going to read to hell with TV. I know. It's just <laughs> they're making it too. Look, we're technologically savvy. Oh, my God. Like, Can you imagine our parents trying to figure out all, all this stuff? You know what my dad does? Watches basic cable. He doesn't yeah. give a shit. He's like, yep. I'm like, did you watch this thing on this thing or on Netflix? He's like, I, I can't figure it out, so I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to watch the Cubs game. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, I basically okay. bought one of those. Uh, I bought one of those Logitech uh, programmable remotes for my mom's house, so yeah. I could set it up for her, so that she. I, I signed her into my CBS All Access account because she's a huge Star Trek fan. So I basically set it up for. I, I call it the Star Trek button. I'm like, Mom, right. you press this one. <laughs> it goes. To, it'll la- open up your TV. It'll turn everything on. It'll automatically open up the CBS app. You just have to find Star Trek from there using these arrows. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of Star Trek, I got to say, Lower Decks has kind of soured on me for that episode I still like three. It. it was terrible. I, I still like it. I think it's funny. Uh, I, th- I thought episode three was just absolutely god It was. Garbage. It wasn't the best one, it, but we'll see. I, I still think it's funny. I enjoy the, the lower level humor. And uh, the other thing is, I on your recommendation, I started watching Enterprise. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not wonderful it's, it's not next generation it's not deep space nine but it's not bad i it's rewatched actually, it all it's kind of better than voyager <laughs> so uh, i kind of agree with you at least until jerry ryan showed up i did whatever I, that that doesn't even do it for me it's just like I, voyager was just not good i mean <laughs> it just wasn't good i mean I, I, I think i agree with you i think i like enterprise more than voyager especially it, I, I hated the way they ended voyager 
I can't even remember. I mean, I was I was working on the lot when they were doing that, and I remember like you know my girlfriend and I sitting at home watching the end of it because we watched the beginning together. Oh, here's the thing about um, Enterprise that is just a terrible shit show. Who hired Diane Warren to do the fucking theme song? <laughs> yeah, the theme song is crap. It is garbage. The theme <laughs> song is garbage. I'm sorry, Diane, but uh, you failed us on that one. But uh, yeah, it's not bad. So okay, yeah. back to our regularly scheduled media candy. Sorry for the Star Trek. All right, uh, speaking <laughs> trip of to the things, Delta Quadrant. <laughs> speaking of things that make me just want to read instead of watch things, uh, the big news on the interwebs this week is we finally, thank God for all you superhero freaks, got a new superhero teaser trailer: The Batman with Robert I liked Patterson. It. I liked it. <laughs> uh, do we need another Batman reboot? Eh. Do we? Do we? Uh, here's the thing. What got me going on this, the reason I watched it is because everybody was hashtagging at the crow. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I thought that was dead in the water. Please, no, you're not allowed to remake the crow, period. And I thought, I'm like, Robert oh, Pattinson is the crow? Oh, God. Well, Jason Momoa is going to be the crow. Imagine <laughs> how great that would have been. Jesus Christ. No, um, thank you. But anyway, I watched it. I kind of enjoyed it. And the thing about Batman or the Batman is he's not a superhero. You always have to remember that. Batman is just a dude with a lot of money. So he could be... This is like an alternate path universe for uh, Jeff Bezos. It, no, it's just <laughs> Jeff Bezos. You saw him, like, you know, bulk up and get all buff and things. Jeff Bezos could be the Batman. Great. He, he will deliver your criminals in one day or less with free shipping. <laughs> oh, but only if you pay to Batman Prime. Batman Prime, that's right. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Library. As discussed, I've been having hard time reading anything intense, and I like my shitter sci-fi, which is just a quick throwaway stuff. And I read a pivot in time, uh, or sorry, I can't remember what the first one was. It's a series it's called Alien. Artifact. It was a cube. It was about a cube, it's, uh, some sort of cube by Douglas e. Richards, uh, <laughs> yeah, who has <laughs> basically made an entire career writing just these quick, wonderful throwaway sci-fi books that are kind of silly. So I read. I, I rolled straight into the second one called A Pivot in Time. The first one had a. Uh, Nazis. Uh, the second one, a uh, bit of time travel. Uh, Romans and Jesus Christ. Oh, man. I was hoping he was going for Genghis Khan. Uh, maybe the third book three. one. Book three. <laughs> maybe the third one. Uh, same same impression as I had with the first one. It was a fun read. It, it was quick and it did the trick and made me not think, uh, not wish for the meteor to come. So, okay. Did good. There you go. I read a very short story called A Change of Plans by Dennis E. Taylor. The Bobaverse guy, right? We're still waiting for the Bobaverse book. Mm -hmm. Well, I, you're going to wait longer than me. Cause I know. <laughs> I pre-ordered my Audible version that comes out September 27th, I believe. And you have to wait till January for it. Yep. Uh, so I, but it's, uh, I think it's 30 pages long. It's a mm -hmm. very short story. It's like 99 cents if you buy it, but it came with my Kindle Unlimited. And a uh, great story. I was really bummed when it was over. It, it really kind of set the seeds for like a pretty cool little universe there. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. So. Yeah, pick it up, man. You, I think you'll dig it. It's okay. going to take you half an hour to read at the most. Uh, well, with you, it's going to take you about six minutes. Click, click. All right, it's in my Kindle. <laughs> there Just you go. Just that easy. <laughs> so I had to, I actually picked up a new Kindle this week. Uh, one of the Kindle Whites mm -hmm. or the Paper White Kindle Paper Whites. I got the I got the shiny new waterproof edition. I don't know why, because it's the only one that they had. <laughs> it was like the cheapest one. Because my roommate absconded with my other one because she likes to read gangster books and shit like that. So I haven't been able to get it back. And I'm like, I want to start reading on my Kindle again. And I noticed, and I don't know, it's been this long since I've actually used my Kindle. They actually use the open dyslexic font now. You can pick that as a font. Oh, that's nice. And, and then I did some research and apparently they put it on in 2018. It's been that long since I opened my Kindle. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I should clarify since we are a tech podcast. I don't actually own a Kindle. I use the Kindle app on my iPad. Right. I did. I used to, but then I got the you know the lunch tray sized iPad, mm -hmm. the you know the twelve point twenty seven eight hundred inch one that's like <laughs> huge. Um, 
and I've got a 9.7, which I which I resurrected the other day, which is kind of nice. It's it's much smaller, but I still like having a small Kindle to read in bed because I just like it doesn't hurt my eyes at night, right. and there's nothing to distract me. Like you know, I'd be in in between a chapter reading it on the Kindle app, and then I'd go play around in Clash of Clans, and then and you'd go to the our Discord channel, and yeah, then I'd go to the Discord yep. channel, and then everything else. And I'm like, oh, I got seven emails. Let's check those. Uh, where was I? What were they talking about? Where where are we in space? Right. So I like having, like, when I go to bed at night now, I take my CBD, I take my magnesium, and then I pull out my Kindle, and within 25 minutes, I am dead asleep. And when it falls on my chest, it doesn't knock me out like the <laughs> giant fucking iPad would. Yeah, I do but, miss using my iPad mini for that, for reading, because I gave that, uh, I basically gave that up for my son, and uh, I use the larger one. So uh, the iPad mini was much better for reading, so maybe I need to invest in a real Kindle at some point. Cheaper than an iPad mini, and they're they're really good on your eyes. Um, these paper white, get the paper white with a leather case. It'll cost you about two twenty. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I I was amazed this week. I saw that they still sell iPad minis. I, I like, love I loved my iPad mini so they're much. They're great, man. Yep. They're great. I just didn't I didn't know they still had them, but they don't have any of the new features. You still have to use. They come with the button and stuff like that. Yeah, they haven't revved it in so long. So I'm like, ah, I can't I I can't justify that. Yeah, I love that iPad. iPad mini is my favorite iPad. Besides the, I, I either want it really small or fucking massive. Or massive. Yeah. Come on, Apple. Let's let's get some new iPad minis out on the market. Yeah, give me an iPad yeah. mini Pro. That's yep. what I want. Feedback loop. We got some new subscribers over at Patreon. Kawinder, Bill Barrett. And Bill says, you guys should check out this video on happiness. The guy spent over a year researching over 20 books and other sources on happiness. It's really high production and might take off some edge of the grump. Well, why would we want to do that? We wouldn't have a show. Uh, yeah, this is, it's from Will Schroeder and called, it's called, What is Happiness? All right. Cool. Check that out. Uh, and James wrote in, hello, Jason, Brian, and Dave. I'm currently getting my master's in cybersecurity. Thanks to y'all, but I don't feel like I'm learning a lot or it's even useful. The courses seem unstructured and the reading material is from 2010 to 2012. TLDR, what are things I can study alongside my courses so I can hopefully not get an entry-level job should I leave my current healthcare field? Thank you and love the show. Uh, my impression, James, is maybe cybersecurity isn't for you. No, no, I don't think I don't think so at all. I think it that sounds he's like just he gotta, may not be that interested in it. Well, no, it just sounds like he's he's getting a master's in it, which seems to me that if they're teaching him stuff from 2010 to 2012, it's a bad course. Yep, you know, find a different course then. If, I wouldn't even say find a different course. Just you know, find good forums to hang out in. Um, you know, get your Kali Linux going. You know, learn Metasploit backwards and forwards. And uh, just you, there's so many resources out there to you might need to the learn degree to get the job though, Jason. You, well, you don't need a degree. You need the certs and you need experience. So uh, go back and go to um, – uh, was it uh, the security one that we had the other day? Uh, Krebs on Security has a good list of resources on how to learn to get into cybersecurity. And, and you know, take that list, apply it to this. You can still get your master's degree, which is great, but also look at what he's offering in that list and you know, in the evenings or whatever, take those courses as well to beef it up. So you're you have your degree, good. That's a great piece of paper to have to wave around to get a job. But also look at the courses that he recommends and all the people in the comments as mm-hmm. well recommend, and that's going to give you a leg up with more modern cybersecurity yeah, techniques. That'll be as current as current can be. Exactly. So you know, there are ways to get around the fact that you know the course that you're taking unfortunately isn't up to speed. So. Uh, yeah, you just gotta you gotta be proactive with that and get out there and find it. There you go. And over at PayPal, we've got Tom, Ryan, John, Andrew, Jeffrey, Mark, Adam, Martin, Florian, John, Stavros, Jonah, Martin, and Don. And Don says, been a listener for almost five years, a former Patreon supporter from 2016 to 2020, and switched to semi-annual PayPal early in 2020. Here's to a better second half of 2020. The bar <laughs> is set pretty low. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. And over on Twitter, Rocky Restivo sent us a link. He says, best title for a blockchain article. And this is Blockchain, the Amazing (laughs) Solution for Almost Nothing. Amen to that, too. (laughs) Yes, kind of very similar to what we've been saying. Blockchain technology is going to change everything. The shipping industry, the financial system, government. In fact, what won't it change? But enthusiasm for it mainly stems from a lack of knowledge and understanding. The blockchain is a solution in search of a problem. Uh, We've discussed this a lot. I've 
kind of noticed that blockchain is no longer quite the buzzword to get financing that it once used to be, which is good. Uh, there are uses for blockchain, uh, you know, logic and distribution systems, finances, things of that nature. But God, we went through a period of about four years where everybody was throwing it onto everything, weren't they? It was like, oh, you want fries yeah. with that? We got blockchain. Exactly. And here's the funny thing, you know, audit trails on all that stuff already exist. Yeah, it's That's just a different way of doing part. it, right? Yeah, and it, it, it worked before blockchain came around. This was just another way to say, you know, let me slap some AI on that. You know, it's like whatever the buzzword is that everybody <laughs> wants to put shit on. Yep. So Moss 6502 writes in. And he says, I thought WordPress was free. Now, he sent us a link to The Verge where mm-hmm. um, this is I'm, I'm going I'm to summarize this story real quick because the whole thing has played out at this point. Right. Matt Mullenweg, friend of mine, good guy, mm-hmm. came out and said, the reason that there are no WordPress updates on iOS is because Apple said that we have to put in in-app purchases for our free product because over here we sell a commercial product and they want us to put in a paid version to right. so they can get their cut. Mm-hmm. Matt's a great guy and said he, he acquiesced to their request, which I thought was silly, but he wants his people to have their app. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that was a stand up thing to do because he cares more about his users than he cares about the 30%. He's richer than Croesus. It doesn't matter. Now, once he tweeted that, then a shit storm came down on Apple <laughs> because the only reason that the app was getting rejected was because of a little bit of verbiage that said, you know, okay, you can go to the website and upgrade your plan. Which well, looks like a workaround t- from Apple's system to but Apple. They had, they had taken that out months ago. Right. And Apple was still saying, you need to put in our 30% guarantee here. But they're like, it's like... You know, it was it was one of these things where it's like, hey, well, you said it once, so we're going to hold you to it, even though they took out all of the verbiage that said anything about upgrading, nothing about it in the app. And all they wanted to do was get their app out there so people could update their websites from the app. And, you know, Matt's just like he he, he didn't want to go up against Apple and fight the good fight because he's just like, I just want my I want my people to be able to update their app. So good on him for doing that. That was a stand-up thing to do. Well, then App, uh, Apple <laughs> came back <laughs> and rolled it back real fast because they are in the middle of a shitstorm right now with all the Fortnite stuff uh, and the Epic stuff <clears throat> and said, We believe the issue with the WordPress app has been resolved. Since the developer removed the display of their service payment options from the app, it is now a free and standalone app and does not have to offer in-app purchases. We have informed the developer and apologize for any confusion that we have caused. Well, you caused all the fucking confusion because you strong-armed him into actually putting in a payment option for a service that he wasn't even offering at the time when you were actually making him do it. So fuck you, Apple, on that one. And okay. good on you, Matt. Good on you. There you go. Uh, Jeff sends us a link. Fitbit posts early findings show it tra- its trackers can identify cases of COVID-19 before symptoms take hold. And this is over on FierceBiotech.com. I don't want to discuss this too much because, A, there's a 30% rate of false positives, and, B, this hasn't been peer-reviewed. It's only Fitbit's people saying this has happened. Of course it is. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. My Fitbit can't can barely tell me when it's time to wake up, so that's all right. <laughs> yep. And we had about six or seven people that tweeted us to let us know that they always make it to the end of the show. So we have uh, we have our Baker's Dozen of Spotify listeners and our Baker's Dozen of people that listen to the very end of the show. Perfect. Well, <laughs> we'll try and put in something fun then, I guess. So I'm going right. more work. <laughs> <laughs> and over at GOG.show, Christian writes in, Hello, guys. I usually find your media tastes coincide with mine, but I have to say that in my opinion, Star Trek Lower Decks is terrible. I've watched the first three episodes, and I really don't know if I'll make it through the next seven. I guess I was hoping for something a little less juvenile, more in line with TNG's seventh season episode, also called Lower Decks, but more fun. Stay grumpy. I think the whole point of Lower Decks is that it is juvenile. Yeah, it, like, it was supposed to be the Simpsons in space. That was the point. <laughs> I was thinking more Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> or, or that, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see. I, I'm still enjoying it so far. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, Mark Andre writes in, hello again. More development on the topic. Apple opposes Epic's restraining order, says dispute is completely unavoidable. Uh, so Apple is calling on courts to deny Epic Games the restraining order, claiming any harm to the Fortnite company is completely avoidable here and now. They just have to do what Apple asks. So, mm-hmm. And uh, Microsoft has come out uh, in support of, of this. 
So there you go. Uh, they they are supporting Epic against Apple. So we'll see what happens. But uh, because, yeah, this all yeah. comes down to the Unreal Engine because yep. the Unreal Engine is powered. You know, it powers damn near everything nowadays. Mm-hmm. And uh, Microsoft has you know an unlimited license to Unreal, so they want to make sure that that uh, development yeah. is kept on track. And yep. also, they just like to turn the screws on Apple. I'm sure whenever they get a chance, <laughs> whenever they can, know? yes, <laughs> whenever they can. Look, I, just I'm, because... I'm behind Apple on this in terms of the Fortnite game itself. I, I don't think that the whole company with the Unreal Engine, all that, should be rolled into it. But that's the politics of the situation. Apparently, there were some emails back and forth between the guy from Epic and Tim Cook, like a long time ago. Not a long time, like a year or so ago, mm-hmm. uh, where the guy from Epic was just like, hey, man, you got to you got to stop this stuff. Give us a sweetheart deal. And Tim's like, no, (laughs) (laughs) there's there's a lot more that was going on behind the scenes. And this is just like it coming to a head. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't uh, I mean, Epic needs to suck it up. Honestly, I think so with the Fortnite thing. I agree. Yeah. Well, it's going to be it's going to be a knockdown drag out because everybody's piling on Apple at this point saying that, you know, the 30 percent is usury and they just won't take it anymore. So what are you (laughs) going to do? And Ralph writes in, hi, Grumps. Yes, Big Sister is listening. Police increasingly turn to smart speakers, watches and other smart devices to turn states evidence or star witness. Stay healthy, stay grumpy. And this is a link over at Wired to meet the star witness, your smart speaker. Yeah, and the really interesting thing, I, I, I don't want to get too into the details. I put a lot in the show notes, and, and it's kind of boring me even as I look at it right now. But yeah, the, it's pretty the, boring. I read the, the article, su- and I'm still bored. <laughs> the super inter- the, I mean, the interesting thing about it is the fact that people are actually using it uh, to, uh, to confirm alibis. So it's it's not so much that they're using these things to kind of get at you uh, and prove that you did something, although there was a really interesting case that they talked about in there where they were able to use the voice recognition to figure out which of the roommates was actually had the illegal drugs because he kept asking his uh, lady in the tube about the illegal drug. And they were able to pin it to the one guy's voice, so the other roommates oh were God. cleared. <laughs> so, uh. idiot. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the interesting thing is like, oh, well, were you home at this time? I see you ordered a pizza from your lady in the tube then. So, yeah, you were home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mostly, I, I mean, I like the exoneration in a tube, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. criminals are going to be criminals. And we all criminal know that they're not criminal. that bright. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Runcat wrote us, uh, saw this comment on YouTube, thought it was appropriate. Uh, a globe who can talk to you, artificially intelligent robots, a picture phone, a magic screen, a non-gasoline personalized motorized scooter, and on-demand live music performances. Say one right or wrong word and the entire world screams at you. Are you sure we aren't living in Pee Wee's Playhouse today? Yeah, pretty much it. <laughs> Welcome to cancel culture, my friend. Yeah. Welcome to cancel culture. And Jonathan writes in, hey, guys, the iPod thing. Why couldn't it just have an inbuilt radio for agents to covertly be in radio contact while appearing to be listening to an iPod? Seems like the simplest answer to me. Stay frumpy. Android autocorrect. I'm leaving it there for the humor. Well, here's the thing. They didn't. A radio would be an easy one to do, but they wanted to write to a secret partition on the disk, which means they were putting something in there to collect data. It, it could have been a bug. It could have just been an e- you know bug to listen to whoever's in the room. That's fine. But uh, an inbuilt radio doesn't make any sense. Yep. But uh, I do appreciate the one conspiracy theory. I thought we'd get a lot more. I thought we were going to get a lot more, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. So, slackers. Mark, <laughs> Mark writes us, thought this podcast might be right up your alley. It's called, uh, it's by the Gang of Three, and it's called Known Pleasures. Uh, it seems to focus on from, like, 1978 to 84, post-punk, new wave, etc. Basically, right up my alley. Uh, I looked through the list of albums that they covered and bands that they covered. All of this stuff is some of my favorite stuff. I have not listened to it yet, uh, so I cannot vouch for any of it, but it is on my list of things to listen to. Excellent. And Tim IT writes in, I'm a relatively new listener to your podcast and I enjoy the show. Please keep up the good work and stay safe. My wife and I are living in Melbourne, Australia under a second lockdown. It's hard, but being able to listen to your show brings a little joy to our lives. Well, stay safe down there in Straya, please. Pretty please. And uh, Florian writes in, hi, Grumps. So usually I'm the one sending around Imjtifa links to people, but I can't for the life of me figure out how to automatically sync my Audible listens to Goodreads. I only found some Goodreads knowledge base articles stating that it isn't possible. Jason, teach me your magic. Thanks for grumping on and keeping people sanish during this pandemic. Greetings from Germany. P.S. As one of those overly optimistic software engineers who works in AI, and then in parentheses, well, 
machine learning, actually. I quite regularly disagree with you on those topics, and I love it. You're helping keep people like me grounded and maybe look at stuff from a different perspective than I would do in my bubble. All right. Well, uh, Florian, I, I did write you an email and I apologized. I was completely wrong. Audible does not sync to Goodreads. It is my Kindle that syncs to Goodreads. So all apologies for that. <laughs> it still doesn't work. I still think they need to, to like burn Goodreads to the ground and build it back up because it is just a dumpster fire. Yep. So Armchair Rambo writes in, hey, guys, here's one listener who finally ditched Spotify for Overcast. All those listening on Spotify need to try Overcast. Great interface and smart playback. You won't go back to Apple or Spotify once you try it. All on your recommendation. Love it. Thanks. Well, Marco, you hear that? Oh, wait, Marco doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> Never mind. He already booted us out of the top list, you fucker. Yep. <laughs> And Vincent writes in, hey, Brian, is it common for music labels to go public? And sent a link from CNN here. Big Hit Entertainment, the talent agency behind the hugely popular Korean pop boy band, received preliminary approval this month to list on the country's stock market. Uh, it's a longtime music producer who runs it, who is credited with creating BTS and setting it on the road to stardom in 2013. So this is like some K-pop stuff. I mean, think uh, think New Kids on the Block, uh, except Thirty hundred times more massive. Uh, one yeah, thing bigger, will, their fan base is bigger than our entire country's population. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, one thing to keep in mind here: not a record label, talent agency. Big Hit Entertainment is a talent agency because it works a little bit different over there. Think uh, William Morris and a record label combined. Uh, these guys basically own these people's lives, uh, the boy band's lives. It's not just uh, they're releasing the music and making the money off that. Uh, they they do everything. So acting, whatever. It's a talent agency, so they make money on everything these guys do. And uh, as long as they keep people, uh, you know, we have to keep in mind, boy bands have shelf lives. So as long as they keep a, a, a stock coming in, they're going to continue to make a lot of money. Um, but as as far as record labels go, again, uh, Big Hit Entertainment is not a record label. It's a different beast with a lot more, lot more streams of income coming in. Uh, it's more common for music labels to get picked up by larger public entities than to go public themselves. Think Sony and BMG and Universal and Vivendi. Uh, Warner Music Group was the last world's publicly traded major music company before being bought and privatized by Access Industries back in 2011. But it's not unheard of, particularly overseas and in smaller markets where indie labels can get a large portion of a country's audience. Uh, here in the States, indie labels still kind of run generally on screw the man, don't sell out principles, so they couldn't go public without getting a ton of shit, and they can't get enough market share to make it worthwhile anyways, so they're more likely to do distribution deals with majors or get bought out by them. There Are you, you saying sub pops not on the, the NASDAQ? <laughs> I would invest, but no. I would invest. <laughs> no. <laughs> And over at iTunes, we got a five-star from Addict5GV8. Hello, Jason and Brian. I've been listening to your podcast since 2017. Really love your rants and raves, not just about tech, but about politics as well. Keep on grumping. Gerald V. from Texas. All we right. got a Texan who likes Thank our you. political rants. That's hey, amazing. suck it. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, wonders never cease. And we got a five-star rating from Taken, Taken Too Long from Sweden. Grumble, grumble. Great tech slash multimedia. Bet you haven't seen that in a while. Podcast. There are many things I disagree with them on. Privacy, anonymity, best sci-fi, which is clearly Babylon 5, even aged pretty well. But I do enjoy every show and cause people to look at me funny in public, grinning ear to ear, most likely the cause. <laughs> oh, by the way, I would like you to return some of the files I've lent you over the years. No rush, though. <laughs> No, I'm keeping them. I'm keeping yep. them. <laughs> you can have back my copy of Farscape. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and we got a five star from Co Teddy Bear here in the US. Great grumpiness. Love these guys. Love the banter between them. I always put them at the top of the list when the show arrives. Security, ha, is one of my faves, as is in the library. At the library, I should say. I fucking came up with the title. I should be able to say it. Fuck. I've gotten some great suggestions and I've even tried some they stated weren't good. And they were right. <laughs> Dave Bittner is a great addition to security. Ha! Huh? Just got back from vacation and had five episodes to listen to. Score! Keep on grumping. Well, thank you very much, Coteddy Bear. <laughs> In the United States and just came back from vacation. Hmm. 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 Sturgis? Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Vroom, vroom, baby. Vroom, vroom. Everybody's Hope you didn't get a now. tattoo. <laughs> hey, man, you're a rock star. Anyways, if you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a five-star and snarky review. 
Watch out! A big giant happy birthday to Windows 95. We're recording this on Friday, August 20... <laughs> don't even know what fucking day it is. It's Tuesday, August 25th. And yesterday, August 24th, in 1995, Windows 95 launched. God, that's been a long time. And uh, God, wow. it doesn't seem that long ago to me sometimes. It's very strange. I remember getting my shiny brand new copy of Windows 95 and installing it. Good times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. 25 years. 25 years. Crazy. Crazy. Wow. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to everybody that showed up on our Discord channel. We have like almost Woo! over 200 people now at this point, which is great. Very, very cool. Um, it's awesome seeing you guys all talk amongst yourselves. It's a good time. Yep. We, we pop in every now and then, but uh, mostly you guys are running the show. So I'm glad you're enjoying it. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Yes, I pop in whenever I get a chance, uh, which is, like I said, I've been on the phone and beating the <laughs> pavement. And uh, yeah, oh, God, what are we going to do? Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. This show is a labor of love, but your support keeps the show going. If you like the show, please visit GOG.show slash donate to help us out. We'll love you forever. Or visit GOG.shop and pick up some good old-fashioned GOG swag. And if you can't do that, please pass the show along to a friend. Word of mouth is the only way the show grows, so spread the grump far and wide. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 466. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, donate to the show, buy our swag, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy. What are you waiting for? Tommy. This is not natural, man. It's a great outdoors. It's fresh air. Look, Tommy, we know you're getting a hard time off Lizzie, but there's really no need to take it out on us. Doesn't it make you proud to be Scottish? It's shite being Scottish! We're the lowest of the low! The scum of the fucking earth! The most wretched, miserable, servile, pathetic trash that was ever shot into civilization! Some people hate the English, I don't! They're just wankers! We, on the other hand, are colonised by wankers! Can't even find a decent culture to be colonised by! We're ruled by a few assholes! It's a shite state of affairs to be in, Tommy, and all the fresh air in the world won't make any fucking difference! <laughs>